Hello and welcome to the Carnage Report, where we bring you the latest on all things horror-related, keeping you up to date with news you can use. I'm Nick Spasic. And I'm Julie Holland. The Carnage Report is part of the Cinepunks podcast family. Go to Cinepunks.com to find entertainment news, reviews, and other great podcasts like Horror Business, Twitch of the Death Nerve, and Tomb of Ideas. If you want to help support Cinepunks and ultimately this show, you can become a Cinepunks Patreon subscriber at patreon.com slash Cinepunks. That is C-I-N-E-P-U-N-X. You can also check out our great sponsors like Essex Coffee Roasters. Essex offers specialty grade coffee roasted to order for the most fresh and delicious home brewing experience. Essex is committed to accessible quality coffees, offering education on coffee and brewing to all of their customers. They believe you don't have to be a coffee expert to enjoy a great cup of coffee. And right now, if you use code CINEPUNKS, you'll get 10% off. And Lehigh Valley Apparel Creations is the premier screen printer of the Lehigh Valley, but maybe also the world. Personable and professional, the only place where you get punk rock attitude with professional service and printing. You can find them online at xlvacx.com. All right. Now on to the setup and today's getting to know you question. Since we are covering the latest in the Exorcist world, I am wondering, okay, so the original Exorcist, obviously a classic, and it feels like everybody has the story of the first time they have they saw it or how it maybe traumatized their parents even. So I'm wondering like what your history is with the Exorcist, either seeing it or hearing about it first. Um, my, my story, and I I was looking this up on Wikipedia just before we started to like, so I could get this story straight. So like, the crazy thing is like, I think like a lot of people, uh, I saw a lot of our age specifically, I saw a lot of horror movies for the first time, like when in their like made they're edited for TV versions. Mm -hmm. So I saw a lot of Nightmare on Elm Street, the original Halloween, Night of the Living Dead, and The Exorcist, um, because they'd always show it like around Halloween, things like that. So I had seen it before. um, But like, when I was like growing up, and I was always like, Oh, this is creepy, and it's spooky and everything. And then when they put out like the version you've never seen that had like the spider walk and all of that in theaters mm-hmm. in uh, the summer of 2000, I went with my girlfriend at the time to go see it. I had never seen the unedited version. So I had never heard like the like the infamous lines. I had never seen the scene with the crucifix. That was a crazy movie to go see for a date. That was a crazy yeah. movie to go see for a date that was technically, I think, our six-month anniversary. <laughs> um, oh, romance. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, the sort of things you do when you're dating weird people um, in your early 20s. <laughs> um, but, yeah, like, that that messed me up. Because, like, I was just like, oh, no, it's, like, a scary movie about possession. I wasn't aw- I was like, oh, now I kind of get, like, the whole like people freaking out in the theaters back in the 70s aspect of it. Because I was like, oh. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, like this this goes harder than I ever possibly thought. And that was that's sort of like my story. Like was like after having seen it, you know, multiple times over like five or ten years, getting just the shit just freaked the right out of version. me. Uh what about you? Uh, this was one that my mom saw when it came out. When I don't even remember what year the exorcist came out. My apologies. Um and so my whole childhood told me how it was the scariest movie she ever saw. She And we're not religious or Catholic. Because to me, Exorcist, not that scary because I'm not Catholic. Even though maybe they weren't either. 
but I feel like most possessions happen to the devoutly religious and that's what I tell myself so that I'm not scared um so my mom just throughout my childhood oh it's the scariest movie it's the scariest movie I've ever seen it terrified me the scariest movie I've ever seen and so when I by the time I saw it I was like oh yeah I guess I mean it's not that it's not good but I think I was so prepared to absolutely be destroyed with terror that I was like yeah right okay <laughs> yeah, that's it's what the hype will do to you <laughs> it is a movie that like with all of the stories about people like throwing up in the theaters and everything uh, when it came out in oh almost exactly 50 years ago um, thank you Wikipedia um, but yeah it, 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 it was like supposedly like you know it's like pants weddingly scary um, yeah. and it's intense but <laughs> I, I feel like when it gets it you know, by the time you and I saw it, like it had been built up for like the better part of like a decade and a or a decade and a half. Mm -hmm. Plus, you have a decade and a half of jokes about it mm -hmm. that maybe you haven't seen it, but you've heard the jokes, and then you see it, and you're like, "Oh, that's what they were talking about," and that kind of takes some of the scare out of it a little bit because you're like, "Oh, remember that funny joke I heard someone tell about it?" Or I don't know if you used to watch these, and I had seen Exorcist by the time I saw these, but there were there were the thirty second bunnies. Oh, yeah, back, yeah. Back when the internet was barely an infant, 30 second versions of movies done by bunnies, and Exorcist was one of the best ones, and Jaws was also very good. Oh, God. I need to go back and rewatch all of those. those yeah, guys, just... if you haven't seen 30 second bunnies, I think you can Google just that and you will get its adorable and hilarious versions of scary movies with animated bunnies. <laughs> and strangely funnier and more insightful animated trailers and summaries than like the you know the honest movie trailer things like yeah, by like it, five it truly gives you the plot of the movie real quick and you're like oh okay yep that is what happened in jaws yep <laughs> also the jaws one i particularly love because the shark is wearing little bunny ears in the animation <laughs> <laughs> oh Oh, I hadn't thought of those in forever. Now I want to go back and rewatch all of this. <laughs> uh, let us know what your first experience with The Exorcist was, or if you haven't seen it yet, or if you went and saw Exorcist Believer without having seen the original one. Oh, I would love to hear about that. Yeah, that that that's gonna that's gonna raise a whole bunch of questions. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, it is now time for New Nightmares, roundup of trailers, new to streaming, coming soon to theaters, and so on and so forth. What are we kicking off with, Julie? We are kicking off with something seemingly needless but yet curious. Um, Miramax has acquired the rights to the Halloween franchise, specifically the TV rights. What does this mean? No one truly knows at this point. I think we could expect a series. I suppose we can expect a lot more Michael Myers. Maybe they can rectify the harm that David Gordon Green did. Uh, personally, I 
didn't mind his trilogy as a I mean Michael Myers is my guy he's my dude we know this I I was not bothered by his trilogy um but I also like most of the Halloween movies that everybody hates so <laughs> I'm curious but I'm also like when can we just let the classics just stand on their own and leave it alone they're people just filled with new stories so I don't know what are yeah. your thoughts on this one well, I mean, we're getting like that Friday the 13th prequel series, which is mm-hmm. just like, I assume like we could get stories of like Michael in prison or I mean, like in the mental institution and things like that. Or we could get like offshoot stories like I would really like to see a series that like sort of explores like living in the world where Michael Myers is. Um, yeah. Like what what is it like living in that world? Like what is it like being a nurse there? What is it like during that like period between um uh Halloween kills and Halloween ends? Like what like mm-hmm. how do you deal with like the day to day when you're just like, I don't know where he is? Like those are the sort of stories I want to see rather than just like a monster of the week sort of thing. But yeah. personal preference, I guess. Yeah. I mean I I love this franchise. I don't know how you make it into a multi-part TV series, but that's for people smarter and more creative than me. So <laughs> I'm whatever it is, I'm gonna watch it. I am. So we'll see what yeah. happens. Yeah, curiosity will get the better of me, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh we now have a full trailer for the Emma Stone um and Nathan Fielder starring The Curse. Um for uh it is the a24 series uh that hits showtime on november 10th um or i guess it, it'll be on paramount plus november 10th and then it hits showtime on november 12th uh, it's very confusing yeah that's silly <laughs> anyhow uh the trailer is uh about uh a couple that gets cursed as they try to like have a baby while also doing a home improvement show um the little teaser trailer we got was creepy and kind of weird and this um has me i am 100 in in like mm-hmm. everything about it i'm like this is weird and creepy and goofy and hey there's gary farmer um so <laughs> i was just like yep i'm 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 in yeah it looks really interesting um I, I still don't fully understand what's happening in it. Uh, I mean, you you see in the trailer how a curse comes about, uh, but you don't really see any effects of the curse, I don't think. So I'll be interested to see how that plays out. Yeah, and really. also, it's a series, and I thought it was a film. Yeah, so, so. did I. Um, oh, yeah, I'm excited. Like, it looks like it's definitely like really tackling like gentrification and cultural appropriation, um, mm-hmm. which <laughs> there's, there's ample... Yeah ample material for that while also making fun of these home flippers that do this in these neighborhoods that maybe aren't quite ready for these flipped homes mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. another thing that we've been keeping our eye on we got a tiny teeny tiny little teaser trailer for lisa frankenstein which is a horror comedy written by diablo cody releasing in february so we still have some time to wait it's got Catherine newton and cole sprouse all we really see in this teaser is the release date and uh, what looks like a Frankensteinish creature coming out of a tanning bed, which that alone tickled me. So, I mean, I can't wait. The title, you had me at the title. Yeah. Uh, we do have a little synopsis now. I'm not sure if we had this before or not, so I'll read it. It's set in 1989. 
the film follows an unpopular high schooler who accidentally reanimates a handsome Victorian corpse during a lightning storm and starts to rebuild him into the man of her dreams using the broken tanning bed in her garage. And it's also called a coming-of-rage love story about a misunderstood teenager and her high school crush who happens to be a handsome corpse. After a set of playful, horrific circumstances bring him back to life, the two embark on a murderous journey to find love, happiness, and a few missing body parts along the way. Catherine Newton, Cole Sprouse, uh, Diablo Cody, like uh, the title. Like, I mean, we talked yeah. like, all about this, like when they just had like, it's Diablo Cody and she's making a movie called Lisa Frankenstein. We were, yeah, we were so, already like, cool, yep. great. Yep. Can we buy uh, tickets? We're ready. <laughs> shut up and take my money gift. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, no this, this is, I'm very excited about it. Um, like the casting news made me even more excited because I, I, it's people who have been in things I like. Um, yeah, as a couple of Riverdale stands, to some extent, I think we've both fallen off. But to some extent, early Riverdale stands. Yes, we're. I think we're probably both excited about Cole Sprouse. Yeah, and I keep meaning to go back and rewatch um, Jennifer's Body. Like it every yeah. time I rewatch it, I'm like, oh fuck, it's so good. Yeah. Uh speaking of Frankenstein, um, we we got another one. Um, uh, creature um hits Netflix on October twentieth. Um, and it is a Turkish horror series. Um, when tragedy befalls a reckless scientist in Ottoman era Istanbul, his student uses untested minutes methods to finish his work with devastating consequences. Um, creepy. It looks yeah. fun though. Like that's it doesn't look like it's entirely just like ooh. Yeah, it looks like they're having a little bit of fun with it and. I always think it's kind of bold and exciting when Netflix does, puts out a foreign language horror film that actually gets at least enough attention that it was covered online and I found it. So I'm interested. October 20th. That's pretty soon. That is that is less than a week from now and just a couple, like the day after this episode it drops. So um, mm -hmm. yeah, check out the trailer. Like it just seems I, I'm very just happy that so many things are trying to like mix like horror without having to make it just like dreary and, or or just try hard dark yeah i think yeah. a lot of fun most of us are kind of dreary with a sense of humor as it is so we we like that <laughs> all right up next from the producers of terrifier 2 we have stream which i think currently has no release information so i can't tell you about that but it star it has a really packed cast and from the trailer i can't tell how much we'll get of any given person that i'm about to name <laughs> tony todd jeffrey combs daniel harris tim reed d wallace felissa rose it just goes on it's like a murderer's row of people who have been in all of your favorite horror movies um, so the synopsis is when Roy, when Roy and Elaine Keenan realize their family is drifting apart, they decide that something needs to be done. Roy, why does anyone name anyone Roy? That's hard to say for me. <laughs> Forces his work to take a backseat and they seize the opportunity to recreate a vacation from their past. A peaceful stay in a quaint hotel is just what they need. However, that is not what's in store for them. With four deranged murderers patrolling the seemingly mundane halls, the odds are definitely not in the Keenan family's favor. Roy must fight for his life and those of his family 
as their simple weekend getaway turns into a vacation to die for. And I think it's called stream because I think it's all being filmed and streamed. Yeah, I think it's like a red room type situation. That was like the vibe I got. Or it's like, you know, it's like a competition amongst. Yeah. Yeah. It looks neat. I have no idea quite what's going on, but. I'm I'm suspicious of your need to have this many famous, this many, like, I don't know, stunt casting folks. But. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, I mean legitimately you can rope me in just by having jeffrey combs like do unhinged you know yeah <laughs> sort, sort of stuff uh it does have like uh, the potential for like a real death house vibe um uh that movie um is maybe one of the, like was supposed to be you know the expendables of horror and ended up being the grandest piece of shit to to drop <laughs> uh in in years um but i mean you know like i mean there's a there's a lot of cooks in the kitchen for this like if you look at like the number of producers for it and just that. yeah this could be a mess but we'll see hey, i mean it could also be like a really fun mess yeah yeah so i'm willing to give it a shot yeah. Ah, Night of the Hunted. Um, speaking of people getting uh hunted, um <laughs> uh Night of the Hunted uh comes coming to Shudder, not an actual um it, uh, it which will hit uh again October 20th. Uh they are packing this month. Uh Frank Calfoon, um the French filmmaker behind uh P2 and the Maniac reboot. Um it is called Night of the Hunted. Um, in his survival horror, uh, in an indictment of modern polarized politics, this film is a tight but brutal single location thriller. It's about a woman trapped in a gas station where somebody is sniping at her from the uh, billboard across the street uh, and then sending strange messages via, via a walkie-talkie. And the billboard says something about, it's one of those God billboards. Mm-hmm. Yep. There's, it looks, it looks intense. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it's produced by Alexander uh, Asia, so I mean, you know, it's going to have some extreme, uh, yeah, going to be very frighteningly realistic elements. Yeah, yeah, it looks interesting. I don't know that I'm going to run to it, but I would be interested to check it out. Um, I don't really need another indictment of modern polarized politics, but I think we're not going to stop getting them, so I better get used to it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Also, like, you know, single location things where, you know, how how do they escape that sort of situation, um, situations. Um, always fun, really. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, it it's nice. It's always fun to see what people can do with a little. Sometimes you get a lot. Sometimes not. Yeah. All right. As long as we're in things titled with night as the first word, let's go to Night Swim from producer James Wan. Um, I think oh this is coming in january 2024 um it's a pool it's a pool horror (laughs) who doesn't love a pool horror i'm looking for a synopsis i don't know if there's one in here i should have highlighted it um essentially in the trailer there's a girl playing um marco polo in the in their new pool with her boyfriend or with a boy who might be a boyfriend and then he gets out of the pool and all I could think was, like, open your eyes. 
Why are you still playing Marco Polo? Open your eyes. Also, He's clearly gone. Fish out of water. Come on. Yeah, exactly. What's wrong with you? Oh, here. Okay, I finally, my brain finally found the synopsis. Secretly hoping against the odds to return to Pro Ball, Ray persuades Eva that the new home. Oh, I started in the middle of it. Who does this? Who <laughs> puts it in two paragraphs? Okay, let me start back at the top. I'm so sorry, you guys. I'm struggling today. Based on the 2014 short film by Rod Blackhurst and Brian McGuire, the film stars Wyatt Russell. As a former Ray, as as Ray, a former major league baseball player forced into early retirement by a degenerative illness, who moves into a new home with his concerned wife Eve, and teenage daughter Izzy, and young son Elliot, secretly hoping against the odds to return to pro ball, Ray persuades Eve that the new home's shimmering backyard pool will be fun for the kids, and provide physical therapy for him. But a dark secret in the home's past will unleash a malevolent force that will drag the family under into the depths of inescapable horror. Boy, you don't get all that from the trailer at all. It no. is just a haunted pool in the trailer. I'm fine with or just a haunted pool, honestly. A murderer in the pool. I don't know. I'm fine with both. Like, uh, yeah. you know, like I, I, I'm, I'm fine with something different. I like the idea of a haunted pool. Yeah, I, I don't know what to think about this one. I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see as it develops. I'm guessing we'll get another trailer because it doesn't come out till January. So there's plenty of time to inundate inundate us with way too many trailers. Honestly, like I feel like this is an idea that probably should have been done years ago because this seems like the perfect thing for like an asylum picture or trauma or something like that. Because it's just mm -hmm. like, oh no, you make it a haunted pool, but then you put like a billion people in like bathing suits and bikinis and things like that, and then you just like mop up. Um, yeah, but I don't know. Yeah, make it family. Yeah, eh. I feel like that's part of the problem. Like people get married and have children, and then it's just like they get targeted. Yeah, it's just things to stay away from, guys. Should have thought of that before you married a dead man. Um, <laughs> uh, we've been talking about uh, the return of Hammer films, and now we've got our first trailer for the first film uh which is dr jekyll starring eddie izzard in the title role uh it hits uk cinemas uh october 27th no idea when it's gonna hit over here um i think we know what dr jekyll and mr hyde or dr jekyll and ms hyde i guess in this situation um we know that plot Mm -hmm. Um, but the specific this version is Dr. Jekyll focuses on a reclusive Nina Jekyll finding friendship with her newly hired help Rob, who must work together to prevent Hyde from destroying her life. Um, you know, I think part of the problem is like I I see Eddie Izzard and I just assume it's going to be a comedy. I don't yeah, like the I just assume there's after any like very dramatic statement, there's going to be a snarky aside or something like or like a, a witticism or something. And I, I just kept I sometimes you're a comedic actor um, and that's like it. It proved me wrong, I hope. But yeah, like, yeah there's just, no hint of comedy in the trailer. But yet I still kept waiting. for it. Yeah, I still sort of expect that it'll be there. But I'm interested. It looks pretty good. Oh, it looks great. Yeah. But I'm curious as to how it turns out. Yeah, for sure. Curious as to when we'll get to see it. All right. Back to more gas station horror with the trailer for Your Lucky Day, a lottery hostage scenario. Uh, this comes out to theaters November 10th, digitally November 14th. 
It's a breath away from Christmas and six strangers have converged at a convenience store. The store owner, a wealthy man, pregnant couple, criminal, and rookie cop. Together they witness the wealthy man win $156 million in the lottery. At gunpoint, the criminal demands the winning lottery ticket. The cop tries to stop the robbery. He shoots first, accidentally killing the woman. This is a very detailed synopsis, so maybe spoilers. In the ensuing confusion, the criminal takes out the cop. The criminal persuades the group to join him in a pact, money for a cover-up, but they have failed to notice that the cop is still alive. The cop contacts his father, himself an ex-cop, who enlists his former partners to help save his son and steal the winning ticket for themselves. A showdown is coming. Who will survive? How does anyone get away with stealing a lottery ticket? That's my commentary. That's all I could think was like, everyone's going to know what happened. You can't cash it in. Yeah. How do you cash it in? I don't know. I was uh, I was trying to figure out like the the guy who runs the the convenience store um i was like where do i know him from uh that's uh musa uh Kresh, uh who was the gin on american gods um and i like him and thinks he's very good mm-hmm. but um yeah like i like the concept but i feel like it definitely requires like a very big suspension of disbelief to make it work yeah 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 you know it it could be fun i don't know I mean, fun murdering a bunch of people in a gas station, but maybe. Yeah, I do like I do like a good thriller where everything goes to shit. Yeah, it's like we've got this great plan, and then everything goes to hell. Yeah. Um, we now have the full red band trailer for Eli Roth's Thanksgiving, which comes out the weekend before Thanksgiving on November seventeenth. Um, I don't. I'm kind of excited, but um. Basic plot synopsis. Very short. Love it. Um, It is. After a Black Friday riot ends in a tragedy, a mysterious Thanksgiving-inspired killer terrorizes Plymouth, Massachusetts, the birthplace of the infamous holiday. Uh, It's got Patrick Dempsey. (laughs) That's all you have to say. It's got Gina Gershon. Uh, I'm very kind of excited. Like, listen, like, that trailer was kind of, like, that was part of Grindhouse was pretty great. I'm curious as to how it goes for the entire film, but uh, definitely features somebody getting roasted uh, in a big honking mm-hmm. oven, um, which looks absolutely gross. So yeah, it is definitely the intersection of silly and brutal in a way that I think only Eli Roth can probably do. I love a good silly, brutal slasher, like yeah. you know, where it's just like everything's played totally straight, but like the conceit is really like when you look at it it's like wait thanksgiving or yeah. like fatal games where people get killed by a javelin um <laughs> like, it's just like i'm hoping it's fun i also like it's great to have something that you can go watch uh like over you know the holiday weekend to get the hell out of your house for sure for sure and as we're moving through the holidays how about it's a wonderful knife which is a play on it's a wonderful life as you might have imagined it's actually coming out before thanksgiving on november 10th that will be in theaters and then a little later it'll be on shutter um it's originally described as a mix of scream and it's a wonderful life um the story is set in idyllic angel falls a year after saving her town from a psychotic killer on christmas eve winnie carruthers life is less than wonderful 
But when she wishes she'd never been born, she finds herself in a nightmare parallel universe and discovers that without her, things could be much, much worse. Now the killer is back and she must team up with the town misfit to identify the killer and get back to her own reality. It's got Joel McHale and it's got Justin Long. Pod favorite. (laughs) Pod favorite. Like currently just finished the first five episodes of Goosebumps and 100% Justin Long. Oh, God. Like, like seriously, I'll just watch anything with him now. Just yeah, shut up and take my money. Also written by Michael Kennedy, who did Freaky, uh, directed mm-hmm. by Tyler McIntyre, who did Tragedy Girls. Both movies that I hold very highly uh, in like the last like five or ten years of like really knowing how to like do a horror comedy right. Mm-hmm. Um, like Freaky, super underrated. Like that is yeah. that is definitely a movie that the pandemic just totally fucked. Yeah, for sure. That would have been, oh, I mean, it's still really good, but like, it's just a bummer the way it was released. Yeah, more people should have gotten to see that one. So hopefully this does well and is really good. And then more people go watch Freaky and then. And it has a really scary mask, which even though you know who the killer is right away in the trailer, because that's the whole point of the movie, the mask is really scary still. It's a really creepy costume and I'm very, very excited. Like it's. It's one of those, oh, like, I'm really kind of excited about this movie. Um, like, I'm always excited about new Christmas horror, but yeah. Um, like, let's be fair. Um, you combine two of my favorite things, which are Scream and It's a Wonderful Life. Uh, and I will just, I'll probably go see it in the theater. Um, yeah. If it's one of those weird, like, fathom things where I have to pay like 15 fucking dollars. Oof. Um, Hopefully not. Hopefully not. Hopefully it just gets like a good, like limited release. Yeah. Yeah. But excited. And we've got one more Christmas thing um, to finish up our roundup. And it's a John Woo movie and it's called Silent Night. And it is mostly dialogue free. Um, I don't know you, how I feel about that. Uh, you, you know, no one will save you. Um was mostly dialogue free anyways and i haven't watched that yet but i had heard that so i I still need to check that one out uh yeah also like the trailer uh the way it's edited to basically ode to joy um and i think listen i think i love a john woo action movie um but it is um rated r unsurprisingly uh hits theaters uh december 1st and in it a grieving father enacts his long-awaited revenge against a ruthless gang on christmas eve um yeah very specifically scrawls it on a calendar it says kill them all um which <laughs> i feel like uh it, like you get like a montage within the tra- like a training montage within the trailer yeah it's so it's stupid great. Like, <laughs> like but like we love a montage here at uh the carnage report and you put a montage in your trailer yeah you got us you got us um and i think like honestly like it's kind of the perfect thing where it's like most action movies like you just want to watch somebody like shoot and gun down people and like maybe give a monologue at some point uh the the tagline for this movie is action speaks louder than words um (laughs) (laughs) i know i really want to be annoyed with the title because silent we've we've had plenty silent night we don't need think of something else but i get it there's no dialogue okay i see what you did 
he's John Woo. He gets a pass. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's I'll go see it. It it looks fun. It does. It I, I'm not expecting a whole lot. I'm just expecting it to look really cool. Yeah. Probably lots of that, like flying through the air while shooting as you're shooting with both hands and falling down. I bet there's some of that in there. Oh, ooh, ooh, ooh. will there be doves? Ooh, one like, can hope. <laughs> like, how do you do that? <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I'm down. Yeah. And that cool. is all the news. That's our news. Good day. Hey, be home by dinner. I love you. Good morning, Mr. Fielding. Morning, Catherine. And here are your daughters, Angela and Catherine. About seven hours ago, and that's the last information we have. Catherine! Angela! If you can hear this, we love you. Please come home. Hey. Hey, you found her? We and Catherine doing out there in those woods. You're just walking and walking. That's all I remember. Angela, can you tell your dad how long you were gone? A few hours. Baby, you've been gone three days. They brought something back with them. The body and the blood of Jesus Christ. Yes, more than I'd like. I believe you can help get our girls back. Exorcism is a ritual. Every culture, every religion, they all use different methods. It's going to take all of them. Don't be scared. We've met before. now it's time for our feature presentation and today we are talking about the exorcist believer directed by david gordon green nick what's it about when his daughter angela and her friend Catherine show signs of demonic possession it in 
unleashes a chain of events that forces single father Victor Fielding to confront the nadir of evil. Terrified and desperate, he seeks out Chris McNeil, the only person alive who's witnessed anything like it before. It is in theaters now. It is <laughs> evidently ruined the possibility of a trilogy. Oh, really? Did they officially say no? Um. Well, okay. So this is, um, for those of you who don't know, it is a, a, a direct sequel to the events of the original 1973 Exorcist, much in the same way that David Gordon Green's Halloween was a re direct sequel to the original Halloween, ignoring all of the other films that have um, come in between. Um, so, like, back in July of 2021 um when you know they were there was supposed to be a sequel called the exorcist deceiver which will come mm -hmm. out in april of 2025 um evidently hollywood reporter uh says that there's going to be some rethink uh for the next two films uh and that green evidently expressed doubt about his participation uh because wow. this has been getting raked over the coals yeah including by yourself Oh god, you didn't yeah. like this. <laughs> yeah, my letterbox review was not kind. And that by the way was after sitting on it for like 24 hours. <laughs> like my uh here 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 is my short summary of that film. Uh is that the last 30 minutes just had me bouncing my feet in my seat just being like it's not over yet. Fuck. Like I was very impatient for this movie to be done. Um but let's 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 go back. Um it's an interesting concept. Yeah, I I don't I guess I've it's not that I loved it, but I don't feel any preciousness toward the franchise. Maybe that helps. I don't know. I didn't hate it. It was fine. It was fine. Um what did get me about it, and this is just a thing, is David Gordon Green just wants us all to know. That if we all work together and put aside our differences, that's how we have a better future. While at the same time, reminding us that homeless people and crazy people are gross and awful. And it's like, you can't have it both ways, DGG. You gotta decide if we all need to work together and accept each other, or if you're gonna other people. And also, I am going to make a movie that follows the exact same beats as the movie that I am doing a like a sequel to. It's like, we're going to ignore all of this stuff that came before and then just like slavishly ape the original mm -hmm. film in terms of plot beats and everything to the point where it's like, there's no surprise into like there's how the two now there's two girls. possessed. Yeah, that's the different. difference. Like, but what you if there what were two? You know what it's like, and maybe this is a lot of people probably know about. It. So, a couple of years ago, maybe last year, I'm not sure. Weezer put out a covers album, but mm -hmm. the covers were all almost exactly like the original songs. And it's like, why did you even bother? Even though I'll never not love Weezer, and I'll continue to listen and buy. But it's also like when you hear it, you're like, wait, is this the original take on me? Oh wait, no, it's the Weezer root. Like you can't distinguish the difference. It's kind of like that. It's like he's doing a covers album. But he's not changing the, the the songs at all. He's just playing them with his band. It's technically proficient. 
Like, I think that's the the thing about it is like, it's just like, well, yeah, like it's done well. Although, like, I don't know what it was. Maybe it's just me. And I haven't really seen this mentioned anywhere. Like, this movie feels at points like frighteningly low budget. Some of the effects are goofy as hell. Yeah. I was surprised. I was like, whoa, that's silly. How is that in this movie? This is Blumhouse. This is a budget. Yeah, it just it, like there were definitely points in this movie where I was just like, really? Like, I've seen, you know, st- stuff for, you know, like not to degrade Shutter or anything, but I mean, it's a streaming service like that is a niche streaming service. And there are movies that go straight to that that have like far better. Uh, I've seen things that go straight to Tubi that have better. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, Tubi. Um, yes. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it's, it's just, it's shocking. Like the, the budget of this, it, I, I guess like part of it is just, it's, it is so much like the original that, but it also kind of fails to get like, it's, it's like David Gordon Green watched the original and was just like, oh, cool. Like, so here are the beats I have to hit, but not using them in the same way where it's like oh no like we get to know the family so that when the really horrible shit happens we feel bad about it it's not just this is how much movie we devote to that um and i feel like because like there is not a lot of actual possession in this movie like yeah it it actually backs off on every place it should scare and every place it should be gross it's like it pulls back in a way I don't understand. If you want to be the exorcist, you got to scare people. You got to gross people out. That's the point. And it's, it's not, not a family drama. It's, it's a not, horror movie. And it's also rated R. Yeah. Like, and this is a PG-13 movie. Mm-hmm. Like, this is not an R-rated. Like, I mean, I'm... I, it, I think it, the, like, the body counts, like, two. Yeah. Like, it's... There's, there's no... I mean, I, I, I feel like it's the, the worst thing of like a horror fan to be like, well, it's not even really all that scary. It's really it's legitimately not that scary. It's pretty tame. No. like you could and... put this on TV with no edits for the yeah. most part, like maybe some swears, I guess. Yeah, you might have to take out some swears. But yeah, and there's like very little devoted to like, what did these girls do to get possessed? Mm hmm. Playing with a pendulum that hardly counts. They didn't even do it right. As a as an occasional pendulum user, they didn't even do it right. Yeah, that was the I was I was like, that's not how that works. It's like, why are you spinning it in a circle? It's supposed to go side to side. That's how you. Yeah. Um. Maybe that's how they summon the demon. They did it wrong. Yeah, or they didn't take it seriously enough, so they got possessed. And like, why? Why the forest? Why that weird hole in the ground? What was that hole in the ground? Tell me what it is so I know why it's scary. You know, it's just... Why, how did they get possessed? They didn't do anything. I don't know. I mean, I guess that's the point. You can get possessed. You didn't do anything wrong. But I don't know. I Yeah, it's... This movie is almost two hours long. It is an hour and 51 minutes long. We get two monologues from Ann Dowd. <laughs> like within this movie and not short ones about like the nature of like coming together in faith and things like that um and i feel like maybe one of those could have been cut to like devote you know five minutes to actually 
giving us some idea like as to like they're like they're this is a classic case of the movie where all the best parts are in the trailer um mm-hmm. i hate to say that like the body and the blood scene like it's great like yeah. it's, it's it's it works really well it's really creepy you don't know what's going on um but yeah like the way you explain it is just absolutely perfect like when they should have gone like harder and scarier they didn't and when they should have like maybe like okay let's rein it in like we've explained enough yeah or like i don't understand how you choose to make an exorcist movie and you don't want to traumatize people like that should be your goal that's the legacy of the exorcist is people saw it and they've never forgot the way it made them feel and I already I saw this yesterday. I already forgot any feelings that it gave me. It gave, it didn't give me any. It just made me feel like fidgety, kind of bored. This is definitely the. I will say, I did go see it on like a Tuesday at like a like a nine twenty show after I got off work, and when I bought my tickets on Tuesday morning, there were like three other seats taken. So I was like, oh, it's going to be another one of those like Tuesday horror movies where I go and it's there's nobody there. Uh, the theater was like half packed and I was sitting at the very end of like the very top row. And then I had an, a row full of college kids like oh. walk in like five minutes before the movie started and just and they <laughs> they were just like, what? Like th- their commentary made the movie worth watching because they were just like, they were asking all of the same questions, that were, <laughs> but they were asking them out loud to each other and having a conversation. And legitimately, I wasn't mad about it because, you know, how it is you go to a movie and like when the people are making commentary or actually entertaining, you're just like, I'm going to I'm going to let this go. I'm not going to tell you to shut up. Yeah, because you're right. <laughs> you're very right. Yeah, you're right. Like what? So yeah. why are they possessed? Did I miss? Did I miss something when I went to the bathroom? (laughs) No. (laughs) Yeah, I went with my friend Meredith and there were two other people in the theater and um, they didn't mute their phone for starters. These were older dudes that should know better. And and then whenever they had something to say to each other, they just said it instead of trying to whisper, which was annoying. And also the theater next door was playing the Taylor Swift Eras tour. So you could hear that. And that was an interesting juxtaposition. Like, oh, okay. Well, somebody's having fun in this theater. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, maybe that takes, maybe the comfort of Taylor's very middle of the road music made it less scary for me. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, listen, like, I understand, like, trying some, if you're going to try something new, try something new. Like, don't Mm -hmm. just, you know, it's that whole aspect of like when you roll out a new product and it's like, yeah, but it's got bacon. No, it's still the same thing. You just put bacon on it. Like there's nothing new. And I also would have liked to see more explored. So they, you know, they, they end up bringing together many different religious practitioners to try to solve this. As I said, David Gordon Green wants us to put aside our differences and see how alike we are. But he doesn't get into how alike they are, really. Like, even the the woman who's practicing something akin to maybe a voodoo type thing, I don't think that's what it is, but it's something in that realm. They don't even really talk about how close to Catholicism a lot of that is. And it's like, you 
have a perfect opportunity to really kind of tell people like we're using the same system of saints or what you know i don't know maybe people don't maybe people already know that you don't need to tell them but i just felt like i don't know you're just you're missing and you're just like showing and being like eh and people are like eh yeah okay yeah yeah it's it's just like that is that is what makes the exorcist believer what it is it's just like oh everything that we had in the first the original we're just gonna add like a couple things to it like we're gonna it's two girls and you know one come one one has you know like it's a single father this time like yeah and only a young priest not an old priest mm -hmm, and different denomination guy (laughs) yeah it's uh it's a it's a it's a whole thing yeah that end like for as much time as they spend on certain things they they gloss over other things <laughs> while just... also essentially telegraphing the end from the very beginning and i won't say how in case it does not telegraph for you personally when you see it i don't want to spoil it if you haven't seen it but for me in the first 10 5 10 minutes i was like oh okay yep i see yes we're gonna have blessings the blessing (laughs) yeah the blessing yeah um it is a it is a movie that flirts with um great ideas sometimes and here's the thing i'll i'll give it up to david gordon green he gets good performances out of everybody in his films like the acting was amazing that like the like and dowd like i mean yeah she gives two monologues but she nails them both like Mm -hmm. like is somebody as soon as i saw her i was like oh well she'll be good yeah yeah i mean even the kids did good you know that's a hard role to play it is really, how long how long have we been talking about this movie so far like 15 20 minutes sure yeah uh i think it uh speaks very much to how inconsequential and pointless and fan servicey it is to have ellen burston as chris mcneil in this movie because she like she does nothing for the plot like she is completely no. superfluous. She is like, and I don't mean that as like anything negative about Ellen Burstyn as an actress. I just mean that part in the character. Movie, yeah. That character has nothing to do with the movie. Like it literally, everything that she provides was actually provided in her characters in her book that she, that the Victor reads. He's like, Oh, all this information's here. Then he goes to her and she's like, yep, that's what I said. Essentially. Like, yeah. Essentially. Oh. And Dowd handing, him that book like does all that lifting required like i mean it's cool that she's in it and like it's pretty you know it's pretty great and everything but like mm, just there's no I point mean, literally only, no point other than the they can only get her, point I guess. is it leads to like the one moment of gore that made me go Ugh. oh yeah that's that was the only moment that i was like oh yikes yeah but i mean good for her still working like yeah she's 90 wow <laughs> she didn't look 90 i'll give her that i mean oh, yeah, yeah she she looks older but she does not look 90 yeah but so yeah good for her like um yeah i mean I, you hated this i didn't hate this <laughs> i i mediocred this this was a two and a half stars for me like i would not shell out your theater money on it i'm sure there's other things you could see maybe go see the taylor heiress tour that might be nice um, I would wait for it to hit a streaming service that you're already paying for and not go out of your way unless you're like a huge David Gordon Green fan. Is anyone? I don't 
know if anyone is at this point. He's really trying. He's trying his best to wreck everything that everyone loves. I don't know what he's going to do next. Are they going to give him Friday the 13th? Oh. <laughs> like, why? Why can't they just... Does he not... Can he not just do something of his own? And that, I don't mean that rude, but like that third Halloween movie would have been a fine movie if it wasn't a Halloween movie. If they just took the Michael Myers out and made it the Corey story, it would have been really good, but you get so pulled into the Michael Myers and how they're ruining his legacy in that third movie that you're just like, I can't focus on the scary other character that is more dynamic than what they're doing to my guy. Yeah. Um, I think what it just boils down to for me is I like, I don't, I don't see David Gordon green as like, uh, he's not a great horror director, honestly. Like that's the thing. Like he does, like he He's does too like thirsty for it. He wants it too bad. Yeah, like I mean, he does drama pretty well, and like unsurprisingly, like in in like comedy ish, and unsurprisingly, those are the things that kind of work best in his movies. Like the horror aspects are not great in any of the four David Gordon Green horror films we've gotten. Um, I don't quite know why he keeps getting handed these properties. Um, but um please stop is he like um <laughs> besties with jason blum are they like best friends or something maybe i don't know i feel bad for all the hate it's getting but it's also like kind of i don't know that it's fully deserved but it's you know he needs to know i guess he yeah. needs to hear the feedback i'm i'm glad i went and saw it on a five dollar tuesday that's, that's that's yeah it's it was a, a decent matinee price movie <laughs> Um, let us know what you think. Um, yeah. it's in I would love to hear now. from someone who loved it. From someone who's like, yes, I love the the original. I love this. I've seen Here's some Letterbox my... review that people were like, I love this, but their paragraphs about it didn't really sell me. But I'd love to be sold. Yes. Um, we don't really have any recommendations. Um, for like what you should see. Um, go watch yes. the original. Yeah, and watch Exorcist three. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like Exorcist Three is just like it's such a gem. Mm-hmm. Um, for like various reasons. Um, but yeah. And maybe any other possession movie. There's tons, and most of them are scarier than this. Even the ones that aren't good are scarier than this. If you want to be scared, just type in exorcism in any of your streaming services and whatever comes up. Uh Emily Rose. I the don't last know. There's others. The last yeah. Any of them are going to give you a good holiday scare if that's what you're looking for. The Conjuring movies? Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Just go watch any of them. You'll have fun. Yeah. We're sorry. We don't usually get so negative on a movie. It had to happen at some point. It had to. So that wraps up that portion of our chat. Now, here in the midst of spooky season, what do you have coming up, Nick? I have all kinds of stuff. Uh, just watched the first five episodes of Goosebumps, as I mentioned earlier, uh, which is great. Like, if you want that Midnight Club vibe, 
get on it um it runs through uh like the first five episodes dropped and then we get one a week through like early november um what are those yeah. on? uh it is on hulu and disney plus okay cool um so if you have either or or both whatever um yeah it's a i really really enjoy it i'm having a whole lot of fun with it uh chest and long but also like it has that midnight club thing where it's like an overarching theme but each episode is based off a different like goosebumps book much like Midnight Club was based off different Christopher Pike books. Uh, performances are solid, like a lot of fun. I'm really, really enjoying it. Um, I'm going to start um, The Fall of the House of Usher uh, at some point when I get free time. Uh, if I may give one small advisory, there's some cat trauma for you and for our listeners. There is some cat trauma in episode four. Okay. But it's earned, like not earned, like the cat deserved it. I would never say that. <laughs> but but it is like n- necessary. It's not like just cat trauma for the sake of cat trauma. <laughs> it is plot pertinent. Yes. Pertinent. Sorry. Oh, God. Pertinent. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've got uh, a, like finally going to watch The Blackening. I've got that sitting on D- in DVD form in front of my television set. Um, yeah, like just like a bunch of stuff I'm working my way through. And like there's all the different stuff that's uh, dropping, you know, seemingly daily to shutter and screen box so it's hard to like make those decisions about what to do although i'm very excited on tuesday i am going to go see goblin uh with Ooh, uh, nice. uh claudia simonetti's goblin do a live score to uh liberto bava's demons uh, and then they play a greatest hit set and according to a friend of mine who went and saw them uh in nashville uh like when they play they they don't just like if you've seen demons you know there's a lot of metal on like that they play along to that as well so you get to hear goblin doing like flash of the blade by iron maiden no vocals just the music but i'm super hyped like i keep uh, seeing the ads and thinking should i buy a ticket i just assumed it would be sold out but i keep seeing the ads so i'm guessing it's not sold out and i'm like should i buy a ticket should i go to this i saw fabio fritzy do that a couple years ago Mm -hmm. um at screenland and it was it was awesome, so I can only assume. I saw Goblin when they did Suspiria um, as one of the, like, it was a two-night thing at Screenland, and that was a blast, so I'm very excited, like, because I know, like, what the greatest hits are going to be, but, yeah, I'm very, like, Tuesday night, oh, I'm, like, that is what I'm most hyped a about. A night at the Halloween. symphony. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for you know, Italian the, prop rockers. The, yeah. the dark symphony. And Tanya's going too, which makes it even more fun. So Yay, date night. Date night. Uh so that's what I've got coming up. What do you what do you have going on? Uh well, tis the season that every time I turn on the TV, I just put it on AMC and I'm like, what's on? Sounds good. And it's just constant horror in the background. Or if it's something I don't want to see on that, I will go to Shutter and put on whatever's on the live stream or Screenbox or Night Flight, any of the random services that I have that stream horror so there's always something spooky going on this time of year um i am preparing for my grown-up pumpkin carving party my annual just because we don't have young children doesn't mean we can't have fun and chop things up party (laughs) so that will be fun um i recently got a new job and it's sucking my will to live so it's been a little hard to be spooky during my favorite spooky month but I'm doing the best I can. I, I'm almost done with my Annabelle costume, so follow my socials for pictures once I get that together and out in the world. Hopefully I stop feeling like I'm on death's door like I have this weekend. 
surely that can't go on forever. So well, yeah, that's it. And I, I watched Follow the House of Usher, so I guess I'm in the opposite boat of you as I will start Goosebumps soon. Tanya and I are going to come to that party, by the way. We're very... Oh, yay. Yay, yeah, yeah, yeah. because I'm like, I'm off. Do you want to go? Like, and she's like, yes. <laughs> yay. Like, so, yeah. Uh, so that's all sorts of fun things coming up in the next week. Um, I hope you all have that too. So thanks for listening to Carnage Report. Um, yes. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Report Carnage. And we be reached via email at carnagereportpod at gmail.com if you'd like to make any suggestions for upcoming episodes or just share your thoughts um we've been putting all kinds of recommendations and things like that out there like movies based around like eras and you know decades um all sorts of fun things for your normie friends who are just like, Hey, can you recommend something? It's like, well, do you like old movies? Do you like new movies? Um, Mm -hmm. And then you can kind of go from there. Also, if a friend stumps you, you can reach out and ask us and be like, my friend asked and they like this and they don't like this. And we will help reach out and ask us. Let us be your horror sommeliers. Yes. Oh, I love that. (laughs) (laughs) And We've got stickers. If you email us or reach out to us on socials, we'd be happy to send you stickers. I am trying to be even better about carrying them with me always. Not that anyone's ever asked yet. So please ask for a sticker because we have them and I'd love to give them to you. I think I'm just going to take the bag of bags um, with me, uh, see if they'll let me take it into Liberty Hall and just like hand them out to folks. Yeah fingers crossed it occurred Uh, to me recently that it should our stickers really should say the carnage report podcast it doesn't say podcast on them and so (laughs) maybe next round we'll do that so that if we do hand it to a stranger they know at least what it is (laughs) (laughs) but yeah all music featured in this episode is by steve spacek my brother who you can find on instagram at starling woodworks and at nodder.bandcamp.com and nick where can they find you out on the socials you can find me on Blue Sky and on Twitter slash X at Nuthouse Punks. You can find me on Instagram at Nicholas Mouse, and you can find me on Letterboxd at From and Inspired. Julie, where are you online? I am Dark Humor Girl, wherever you're looking, mostly Instagram and Twitter. I've not got as active on Blue Sky yet. It's hard, it's hard to break up with your long term to move on to someone new. So hard. Difficult. So you know, we're around anywhere you're looking. I'm Dark Humor Girl. So thanks for listening. We'll be back next episode with another roundup of the latest news and horror when we talk about Slother House, directed by Matthew Mood, Matthew Goodhue, now streaming on Hulu. Julie, what can people expect? Oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> Emily Young, a senior, a senior, wants to be elected as her sorority's president. She adopts a cute sloth, thinking it can become the new mascot and help her win, until a string of fatalities implicate the sloth as the main suspect in the murders. If you've seen the trailer for this, it looks surprisingly delightful, and the puppeteering, or however they're making the sloth, looks pretty good just in the trailers, so I'm excited. As 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 many people know, one of my favorite like unintentional like unintentionally weird sl- uh, slashers is Carousel, which features a murderous carousel horse. So this is one hundred percent up my alley. <laughs> I'm so excited. It looks a higher quality than Lamageddon, which I enjoyed. <laughs> so I think it's got it's got my name all over it. Listen, I we needed people. something lighthearted and fun. <laughs> yeah, like we're closing out the Halloween season uh, on this show by just being like. 
let's get dumb. And yes, be fair, we saw crabs. It's true. And it wasn't our top five or ten. So yeah. I rewatched it and it's still great. <laughs> I need to I need to put it back in. It's getting cold. I need a nice beachy warm crab horror movie. <laughs> All that and more on the next episode of the Carnage Report. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.